Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Got three lined up. We're going to talk baseball right off the top. Well, our first guest anyways, Matt Snyder from CBS. He covers MLB. Uh, there was no movement over the weekend in Major League Baseball. Talking, walking away, threats, more of the same, dot, dot, dot. Ben Visser uh, from the Cedar Rapids Gazette covers Iowa State. We'll do some Cyclone conversation at 1045. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa, on the Big Ten, on Stuff with Doc. Uh, coming up at 1120 as Trent and I take you until noon. How was your Father's Day? It was a good one. A uh, little longer night than I anticipated as my in-laws were in town. And Papa Kenny they wouldn't my- leave? They're still there. Oh, my God. They're still there, and uh, they'll be trickling away here throughout the week. But Throughout the week? Not yeah, today. Not today. Not today. They'll be there a little bit longer. I'll be working late tonight, though, with high school baseball. Uh, Valley Dowling tonight? or is that Valley Dowling wow. over at Dowling High School. So looking forward to that. And So give me a, give me a comparison. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's nothing to the, the, the week two or week three or whenever it falls on in September, football-wise. Basketball-wise, baseball-wise, those two. Valley Dowling, what does it mean in those two? sports well first of all baseball to me is different than any other high school sport and even more than basketball where you you know kids play together in AU events and things like that the baseball level I, I think goes to another degree and these are the kids that are getting to this level that are playing varsity baseball when they get to this point they've grown up with these guys a perfect game at the different hitting places across this across the city and because of that the personal relationship on every single team I saw it Friday night with Wonky Roosevelt, you'd think, eh, not a lot of crossover, they're in different divisions. No, and, and after the game, the kids getting together on both sides, and you know, there's groups of four or five kids all over, scattered around the field from the other team, just talking after the game, and that kind of relationship. And it's the same thing here. The football rivalry is huge, mean-spirited at times. Still, mm-hmm. it's pretty friendly in, in comparison to maybe what it once was. These kids grow up together. They know each other much better than maybe in past generations they are. Doesn't have that same kind of, I don't know, the buildup that you see before a football game. And I think that also goes hand in hand with football where it's once a week. Right. You know, it's once a week you right. have that. And, and rivalries, I think, in, in different sports are different unless something happens. In basketball, something happens. There's a hard foul. There's some bad blood that happens. And those things can build. And same thing in baseball. Somebody gets plunked. Another guy gets plunked in. Maybe that can build, but at least on the surface level, it doesn't have that kind of buildup. But should be a really good one. Valley's played well uh, over the first week. They're 4-2. and two. Lost two games to Roosevelt on Wednesday, but swept on Monday and Friday in their games last week. Dowling even 
playing without Carter Bobler as he's uh, got his money going into the bank account now from the Baltimore Orioles. They're off to a really good start. They're 5-1, and one, so should be a good night of baseball and a busy week of baseball here. Yeah, on you've got a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the schedule this week, right? Yep, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So tonight it is that Valley Dowling game, 7 o'clock. It'll be 7 for all these on Wednesday. Should be really, really good. Get to get my first look at the Johnston Dragons as they'll take on Waukee over in Waukee and then Friday, Ankeny Centennial hosting Valley in that one. So going to see a lot of different teams this week. Looking forward to that. Get my first look at a couple of different teams as try to make my way around and see everybody by the, by the time that we get the expanded uh, look at the playoffs. Another thing, Substate is supposed to be out this week on Friday. They already released last Friday the district pairings for Class 1A and 2A. Hmm. I mean, not even a week into the season. <laughs> right. That's the reality That's of the what calendar, the season's right? going to be. Yes. Uh, who's the best? I mean, it's too early to say that. I think so. Will you will you notice a difference in quality of play? Do you think maybe not this week, mm-hmm. but the teams you saw in week number one when you see them again, and I'm assuming you'll see some of them in the third week of the season. Do you do you expect to see better play? I think so. Yeah, this first week it wasn't like it was bad. In fact, I was a little bit surprised how good the play was, but there were still those little moments. Anything from a guy covering a throw over a pickoff attempting, oh, got past. Those just little nuances of the game certainly are going to improve. Another thing that continues, and we talked about this, the way the CIML set their schedule, there's going to be teams by the time you get to the end of the week, you get to Friday, you have to make a decision as a coach. All right, do I bring a guy back on short rest and use his pitches then, or do we just kind of throw up our hands and say, you know what? Probably not going to win this one. Mm-hmm. Let's let's live for next Have week. Have you come across a team that didn't throw their best pitchers because of that? Scenario? Yeah, I think Roosevelt did that a little bit with a couple of the guys that they threw out there on Friday night against Waukee. Uh-huh. And same kind of thing. You know, you, you have other games that importance for your division, those kind of things going into the next week. I think you saw that a little bit. And Now, some teams, the Johnstons, the Urbandales, Centennial, they have a ton of depth in the rotations. That's not the case for everybody, though. And, uh, yeah, another thing just to keep your eye on. And then you'll get to the playoffs, you get to substate, and it's completely different because you don't have to play doubleheaders and you're not playing the sheer number of games. Right. And it's almost like a different game by the time you get to the playoffs. Well, since we're uh, since we're on baseball, let, let's stay on baseball. Uh, I uh, watched the Ken Griffey special last night mm-hmm. on MLB. It wasn't as well done from a production standpoint as the 30 for 30s ESPN. Uh, and this is this really isn't a knock because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was um, I thought it was for a Sunday night uh, with absolutely nothing to watch. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, and and clearly a, a, a an, an incredible subject uh, to follow around. What I did learn about him, Trent, and did were you able to get the sound from uh, from? I Griffey? did. Yeah, yeah. Um, this maybe was my biggest takeaway. Look, we we know he was a phenom. Uh, we understand that. You know, he was as good as he was at his high school in Cincinnati and obviously getting to hang out with the big red machine, dot, 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 breaking into the majors at the age of 19, hitting a home run in his first at-bat at the Kingdome, hitting a home run in his last at-bat at the Kingdome, <laughs> which was unbelievable. Uh, you know, the body breaking down in Cincinnati when he broke the uh, uh, the Mariners fans hearts, collective hearts, uh, when he decided to leave Seattle and go back to Cincinnati for the simple fact that it was nothing to do against Seattle. He was didn't want to he didn't want to be uh, uh away from his family for the entire length of a season. He said, I grew up with that and I know how difficult it was for my mother and I didn't want my wife and my kids uh not to have me there. So at least he was home for the home game for the eighty one games of the season. So knew about those things. Did not know 
why he hated the Yankees and seemingly played his best baseball, which is difficult to say because if you look at the numbers, pretty sure he didn't have many off nights, right? Not at all. But when when he um was willing and major and the uh, MLB network put this out there the reason behind his hatred from the Yankees and considering the times that we're living in now it was timely and I was glad that it, this was part of it but there was a tinge of racism uh, going through the Yankees in the what did it have been early 80s when Ken Griffey seniors at the end of his career. I think he's 38 years old and he's playing for the Yankees and uh, and his son uh, would join him as many of the players would have their sons. You know, his son's in, in the taking infield or shagging balls. But George Steinbrenner mentioned something to Ken Griffey that stuck with both the Griffeys and led to the hatred of the Yankees. Here's that piece from, uh, from Junior. The other thing was I came up to visit my dad, and it was just me and him, and got to the ballpark early. I'm sitting in a dugout, and uh, the security guard comes over and says, hey, George doesn't want anybody in the dugout. My dad was like, what? He, my son. So he goes, all right, hey, go in my locker. He goes, but before you go, look at third base. It's Craig Nettle's son taking ground balls at third base. And at that time, my dad was, you know, 38 years old. He's like, I ain't fighting this no more. I got somebody a little younger and a little bit better. You know, there's certain things that a dad drills into you as a kid that just sticks with you. And that was one of them, I mean. What, to beat the Yankees? Yeah. So that was Ken Griffey Jr. And the sound, the, the uh, all the background noise was he was signing autographs on uh, probably what would have been the Yankees. Uh, Duggar was on the first base side, so he was back as opponent. So I'm guessing the third base side. Uh, he's signing autographs before a game at Yankee Stadium. And they're signed with the Yankees. Come and sign with us. And he says at one point, I wouldn't sign with the Yankees if they're the only team that offered me a contract. I would retire. So he looked out at third base, and there's the white kid uh, that's uh, he's allowed to stay. Uh, but Ken Griffey Jr.'s kid was not allowed to be in the dugout. Uh, George didn't want him there. So that's the reason behind the hatred for the Yankees, and he was a Yankee killer in his career, including that 1995 oh. series trend when they fall down to zip uh, and come back and win it in five games. A remarkable junior of all people scoring from first base on a ball hit down the left field line by Hall of Famer D.H. Edgar Martinez. Uh, that was an incredible year of baseball. You remember the 95 Yankees season. Seattle series. I, I love that Seattle team. I, though I was still a Twins fan, the Twins were starting to go through some hard times. So they were my adopted team. It was Griffey. It was the cool thing to do. Had my hat backwards. As speaking of adopted team, I want to get. I, I came up with something. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Yeah, and remind was, me. I watched that uh, the final game of that series at my dad's house on a black and white TV. Did you really? <laughs> black and white. That's what I had in my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, when I went to my dad's, and yeah, watched that one on black and white, and, yeah. and finishing up that series, and just how great that game was and and that team was how much fun they were mm-hmm. they had characters they yeah. had personality yeah, and it, they did it wasn't just a baseball team there was certainly they had the more big team. unit too which didn't yes. hurt 
guys like that. Him and was Basio still the number two at the time? Oh boy, I don't know. I, I just remember Maybe those timeline. I think fits, but how good he was on the back end. You got Randy Johnson, a six foot ten left hander, bringing fireballs, and then. This pud going out there, yeah. throwing 88 miles an hour with his fastball, and how efficient and effective mm-hmm. it was because you go for one night getting ready and geared up for that, and now a completely different look. And uh, those teams, a, a lot of fun. Back end of the bullpen, they, those also had characters. Mm-hmm. He had, what, two of the bad boys, I think, from uh, Cincinnati made their way there? Yeah, for sure. Norm and, no, it might, might have just been him, but regardless, really good teams. And, and the, the hatred of the Yankees for me at that time, it wasn't there. Because they had been so bad right. leading up to it. Right. They didn't they were, become... Yeah, they were about to take off in yeah. the years to come, right? And, and so that... that shortstop and plug him in. Oh, this new team. This Yankees. I did, they hadn't been good in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And they became, obviously, as we know, very, very good in the coming years. But, yeah, what a great series, a great time. And Griffey, there's just something special about him. Remember the uh, the, the swing? Sw- the streak that he had of... Home cons- runs? Consecutive yeah. nights of home runs. Eight, was it eight? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I same thing. Remember going to baseball practice and us, everybody talking about it. And then we go into BP and everyone's trying to jack balls out and mm-hmm. hitting a 280 down the left field line. <laughs> you know what I forgot about him? I forgot how popular he was marketing-wise and, and, and what they... You know some of the uh, the the advertising, the, the off the away from the game money that he was able to make in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd forgot all about that, but yeah, man, he was everywhere to be. He was the face of baseball for a while. Oh, no doubt, he was the face of baseball in that time. And you know, the strike year '94, he had I think 40 when they went into the strike, and who knows where he would have finished up. But uh, terrific, terrific uh, player, maybe the best of his generation. That's up for debate. He's certainly in every conversation and. Uh, yeah, I did not know about the uh, the the Yankees and the reason we became such a Yankee hater. So you mentioned adopted team. It's funny. I was thinking about this over the weekend. I was gonna. Well, I saw. I think it was, was it Chris Williams. Was it? Did he yeah. adopt a, team, a Premier League team? He did. Yeah, I, I heard them talking about it a little bit last week. So and this has been done then. It, it has been done. Right. But he he didn't. He just kind of jumped. Both feet in. That's, you know, Chris can do that from time to time. Ross has been a Premier League fan for a long time, but... I know nothing about it. Jim. I'm the same way. And I enjoy soccer every four years. Mm-hmm. When the World Cup comes around, I become a soccer fan. But outside of that, when the Olympics are happening, I eh, don't really care. Yeah, Olympics are... I, I'll care about the World Cup and the Olympics, but but I'm with you. I mean, MLS, It's baseball no. season. Right. Right? And I'm going to watch the Cubs, or I'm going to watch the Twins, or the Jays. I'm not going to watch soccer. But... <laughs> You know, maybe yeah, you don't know anybody. Yeah, I mean, I have no clue. I do know. Here's what I do like about the Premier League, and this I do know: be, being relegated at the end of the season. Sure. I mean, can you imagine your team is in the ultimate league, mm-hmm. and you have to? I mean, if you're not Liverpool or Manchester United, or look at me flaunting my look soccer at you. Knowledge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. By the way, that was it. I had those two. <laughs> don't ask me for a third. Um, no, Tottenham, because I know there's NFL games there. But at the end of the year, if your team stinks, you could get kicked out of the Premier League and have to play in the inferior league. Got to play in the JV. Right. I mean, as a fan of a team who stunk forever? Oh, yeah. In Winnipeg? I don't know, where the AHL? <laughs> but can you imagine a team, a baseball team, a, mm-hmm. you're a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals and you're going to get relegated to whatever the XFL? 
I mean, I do like that part. If in the, for nothing else, that at the end of the season, those teams have a whole lot to play for. I uh, lived part of this in the Italian league when I lived in Italy for a summer during college, and I lived in Naples. Now that's not, that's where uh, what's uh, what's his name uh, Maradona played. Uh, for oh, really? Naples. Yes, pretty sure the uh, the team had fallen on hard times when I was there. This is the late nineties, and they were working to move their way up. Now, in the twenty years since, they become one of the powers of that league. But it was their final match. All they had to do was at least play to a draw to move up. Well, if they're trying to move up, they're moving up, and that's how far this program Napoli had fallen. Yeah, as they were relegated down there, and they just had to get a draw to go there. Got a couple of tickets. We we had some connections that got a ticket, got in there. Only soccer match that I've ever seen, real soccer match like that. Professional. How many soccer. people? Oh, it was twenty thousand. Okay, and what was it like prior to the game? Do you remember? Oh, just an absolute party. Was it? it was yeah, nice. It was a party, and then afterwards, when they did get the, in fact, they won the game to do it. I mean, fireworks all night long, people going crazy really? in the streets. It was. They were going back up to the big leagues, yeah. and to see that, and to be on the other side, though, and know you have to get a win or get a draw, or you're going down. Ugh. That has to just sting at no other level that you can comprehend. I think about that in, in our college terms. Yeah. Iowa State falls on hard times. Uh-huh. The Chiswick coin isn't worth much, and all right. of a sudden, you know what? We're going to the mm-hmm. MAC if we don't win this game. Mm-hmm. If we don't beat Kansas in the finale, we're playing the next two years in the MAC. We're going to the Mountain West. Right. How different right. that is. It doesn't work because of. Well, TV markets and the way sure. that things are set up. There but isn't. if it did, oh man, oof, that would add another level of it, right? I mean, they had beat Nebraska. Would wouldn't that? Be, I mean, I, they haven't quite got to that level yet, mm-hmm. but they're not far from. Oh, uh, that yeah, that that would be something. Um, but so you're looking for a team? Well, I and mean, maybe we should take a team that's on the cusp of getting knocked out. Oh, you want you want to go to the lower? Yeah, end. Why would you pick at the top of the tape? Standings, because right, how often are you going to see these? teams? I'm not going to watch it all, Trent. I'm I'm completely. T- t- I mean, there's no chance in hell. I, well, for starters, this isn't going to last to next year if we're back to normal. This isn't going to last till Tuesday. Okay, um, <laughs> but if if you're if you're if you're picking a team that stinks. Uh-huh. What are the chances? Who carries the games? NBCSN, right? Right. Yep. Well, they're not going to put that game on. They're going to put the the best teams on, right? Right. So you almost have to take a team you if do. you want to watch one of those. Unless you're going to buy the package that you can get all the well, Premier no, I'm League going, games. I'm not doing that. Right. Right. I'm not there. By either. the way, should we be getting refunds on our MLB package and our NHL package? You'd think so, right? I would think. Good luck getting that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm paid for a hundred. I don't even know on my bill if I if they've been charging. Do you buy that? You don't, do no, you? No, no. I just get the you sports get twins. Pack. Yeah, yeah. Because I get the twins and all the Midwest teams on the Directv right. Sports Pack. You know, you really don't need MLB unless you root for the Blue Jays. Right. Um, you're a Yankee fan, or you're a Yankee fan, right? Red Sox, whatever. Right, maybe. right, right. But if you're a fan of the team in the Midwest, the Yankees, Red Sox are most Sunday nights going to be on. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll at least get them once a week. Right. You know, that's another part that I, I always crack up about. People in the Midwest they complain so much about the blackouts, and I continually say. Now, I understand not everybody can have direct TV. You might live, you know, in a, in a housing development. You might live in an apartment where you can't get it. Mm-hmm. But if you can, there's no need to complain. Is it maybe an extra 15, 20, 30 bucks a month? But if you really care that much, you can watch your team in the Midwest. You can watch the Cardinals, the Twins, the Although the, the Cubs Brewers. get blacked out if, if, periodically. But those are when they're on ESPN. Or no, when they're on... Uh... 
or a Fox National game. I don't know what what is it that that, that I mean Channel Five picks them up, KCWI, and that's picks gone them away up. now too. Has it? Yeah, because of the Marquee Network. Oh, so the Marquee Network's got everything. They got it all, unless well, it's a national it. broadcast. Yeah, so we're good. Yeah, get Directv. I have. Yeah, <laughs> uh, baseball fans. If you're a fan of right. the team in the Midwest, you're going to be okay. You'll be able to see your team. Well, like you say, if you, if you're a fan, uh, the, the Fox uh, package. You get all the Twins, you get all the Royals, you get all the Cardinals. This is on DirecTV, not on Dish. Yep. All the Cubs, all the, or the majority, I'll say 150, I think would right. be. Who am I missing? Brewers. You get the Brew Crew. White Sox. You get the White Sox. Cards. You get the Redbirds. So you get a lot of baseball. I mean, it, it's difficult to go at night where, I mean, you, you can't. There's always no. a game on. But if you're a fan of another, but right now there team, isn't. So we're know. talking about Premier League and trying to find a team. Yeah, you know what? I thought maybe we should uh, try and draft a team each of us. But yeah, no, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. Don't know the guys. You don't. Don't know the stakes. I just don't know enough about it. Right. To really. So feel what invested. was the stadium like that you went to? Was it in a little neighborhood? Because if I was going to pick a team, I would want my stadium to be. Kind of a throwback. Oh, yeah, it, and it was old and decrepit, and they've made, they've made a lot of improvements okay. since then. But yeah, that's how that stadium was. And again, we're talking about a different era, too. Yeah, And think about the way that stadiums have evolved over the last 22 years that I'm talking about mm-hmm. going back to here. That How different things look. I mean, somebody in England said, oh yeah, I went to Oakland, and then I saw a game in the Coliseum, and it was old and crappy. Well, now you go to a stadium and how different it's going to look in Vegas compared. And Oof. you have the same thing, I think, that's happened in the world of soccer and just how different the stadiums look. But, yeah, it was it was in the neighborhood. You know, Annapolis is a very interesting town, a lot of old-school mafia what ties. What year was this? 1999. Okay. Summer of 99. So it was a scary place at times. It was a place we were told many times as Americans, uh, certain areas mm-hmm. you're not supposed to go in late at night. Hmm. I didn't really follow those directions uh, after a night of drinking wine and watching soccer, but it, uh, yeah, maybe I should go Italian soccer. I don't even know if they're playing right now, though. It's hard to get invested. I I can't help you. Just bring us back Major League Baseball. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wonder how many people did do that, though, did adopt a Premier League team. Sure, quite a few. I guess. I mean, just starving. UFC? Um, You adopted a Russian ping pong player. I I did. There are a couple of them. Right. Didn't turn out very fruitful Yakushev was your guy. It's a hell of a ping pong. He was, but he got upset, and that was it for him. Oh, well, there's always next year for Yakushev. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. We're going to talk baseball. Matt Snyder, CBS. Are we close? Do we feel like we're close? How about the spring training sites, the Arizona and Florida, shutting them down? Well, there's two hot spots. Yeah. Florida is the, this is New York, and, and it's the young kids that are getting sick. Uh, how many cases did the Phillies have? Eight? Is that was what a bad was? week for players in COVID. It was, yeah. For Cal- athletes in COVID. Clemson got wallowed. LSU, 30. Yeah. K-State, a bunch. Oklahoma State. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Pittsburgh Penguins. Does that mean it's just burning through these, uh, these you know, young you men? Won- you wonder, Trent. Honestly, I-, I thought that, and it's a really a selfish thought on my part. You know, is is it better that the athletes are getting sick now? What do they call it? Herd immunity? Yeah, yeah. But if they've got it, pass it on to a coach. Well, and that's the problem. A parent. If, if we're just talking about these athletes alone, they're going to be fine. Yeah, we know I with they this are. they're going to be mm-hmm. fine. But dot dot dot, 
that assistant coach, that head coach, mm-hmm. that trainer, the guy that works in the equipment room and has been there for 40 years. Right. Those people, those are the ones that you have to worry about. It's not just about the, in football, 105 guys that are between the ages of 18 and 23. That's not what it is. It's when you go deeper, and that's where the concern continues to lie. Indeed it does. Uh, Matt Snyder coming up from CBS. Uh, ben Visser on Iowa State. Uh, Scott Darkerman will get to him about 11, 20 or thereabouts as we take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon weekdays, 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.net. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, 1030. Iowa has just paused ticket sales for football. We'll get more of that uh, coming up. Uh, that announcement just made from the university. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com covers Major League Baseball and he joins the program. Yesterday was Father's Day. Matt was busy churning out content at CBSSports.com. Matt Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm okay. Could be better. Uh, if we had baseball, I think I would be a lot better. I think that... Um well, I thought we all thought that we we're on the precipice of an agreement, and then uh, seemingly uh, Tony Clark thought that this is what uh, the meeting that he left with Rob Banford was a negotiation point. Owners wanted no part of that. The, you know what hit the fan one more time. Uh, but does it not seem to you that the you know the next couple of days are and we uh, true Trent and I've been saying this since the beginning of June, but doesn't it feel like that window? Here we are, uh, and it's only open a crack. And if you want to get something done, do it now, or it's about to slam shut. Yeah, I, this is it. We're we're up against it. I think both sides know that. I mean, it, to, to me, the owners have been playing out the clock until they can say, "Look, we only ha- have enough time for this number of games left." Uh, the number seems to be sixty now. Um, I, I think that they're they've gotten to the point where they're just saying, "You know what?" You, you have to accept this deal because there's only enough time for 60 games left. And I think that it's going to get to the point where the players realize, you know what, they're right. They just played out the clock, and that's all we can play. And ultimately, I think the players do want to play, and that's why they'll agree. But this has been bad faith from the get-go by the owner side. You know, as you look forward, this has been so contentious, and it shouldn't come as a surprise between these two sides. We've seen how ugly certainly it can be. But as you look forward, this labor deal goes through 2021. The likelihood when we get to that point that they come to agreement, boy, that seems unlikely just how contentious this has been. Yeah, I'm worried for after the 2021 season when they they go to do the new CBA. I'm worried because... The owners have been winning the last few years, slowly and surely, and it's almost like the Players Association didn't realize it until now, When and now's when all the spotlight's on them. Um, and uh, the, like you're seeing so many ways that the owners have been winning, and they, I also think they don't think they're winning enough, because <laughs> in other sports, the, the owners have a lot more 
power. There, there's salary caps in other sports, for example, and, and not Major League Baseball. So, I yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh, you know what else could be bad, and that's uh, training to get ready for if there's a season in Arizona or Florida, both of those two states amongst the uh, states that have the uh, most new cases on a, on a daily basis. Not good in Arizona, not good in Florida right now. If the teams do train in their home ballpark, how will they play games uh, will they like inter squad games? Will there be maybe minor leaguers more than there normally would be carried on rosters? How will they handle game getting in game shape, if you will, uh, for the uh, pending season? Yeah, exactly what you just said there. Uh, it's going to be inter squad games. They're going to use their minor leaguers some, um, and also th- there's been talk of three uh, exhibition games against other teams per team so i my guess is the easiest route would be the closest teams to each other so like uh the the cubs and white Sox play three games the mets and yankees play three games uh stuff like that maybe the red Sox go down to new york and play two against the the mets or one against the yankees stuff like that um it's it's going to be difficult and interesting but Man, I just hope they they come to a deal. It's uh, still out there. And I thought at this point, June 22nd, there was no way we'd still be talking about this. In fact, go back even a month ago, I thought maybe we'd, if things got done early, we actually could be getting very close to playing games maybe this week, even before kind of that 4th of July weekend that so many people had been targeting. That's obviously not going to happen. That's off the board. And now you have the continued concern about COVID cases, the Phillies had a bunch spring training facilities if people and teams were going to be going to Arizona or Florida how difficult that looks now we know the financial part is still the biggest hurdle in the back and forth that continues but now the health aspect how much bigger has that been over say the last four or five days I think it's a bigger deal and it's it's definitely worrisome um I think that they're probably going to have to come to an agreement where they basically say if you're worried about this then you don't have to play and you're still going to be compensated just like everybody else. It's just, there's a good number of players who want to play and aren't worried about, Hey, I'm going to, I might get sick there. There's a, there are probably some players who are worried though. So I I think that part of the agreement has to, has to hinge upon, Hey, you know, if you are worried about this, then you don't have to play. We're not going to sit here and say you are forced to come to these facilities and do this against your will. Like, no, we're, they're obviously not going to do that. So, I, yeah, I, I think that has to be part of the agreement for sure, and it is definitely worrisome. And, it, and, and let's say it's particularly worrisome to non-players, people who might have to work at the facilities and don't make a lot of money, or even managers. Dusty mm-hmm. Baker's over 70 years old. Right. He, he's obviously a lot more vulnerable than players. Does Dusty want to go there? For me, if Dusty says, yeah, I'm good, I want to go, then I'm okay with that. I'm not going to be a guy who tries to dictate what you want to do. Um, But I definitely think it has to be his choice. 
Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com, is our guest. Matt, when we heard that one of the things on the table was the universal DH, that the National League is going to get the DH, and of course in, in our market, the Cubs and the Cardinals, the two uh, NL teams that really move our needle, John and I both figured, well, Kyle Schwarber is now going to remain a Chicago Cub for, for life. He's not going to be you know, traded to an American League team because he can't play left field. He's gotten a lot better. And then I saw your Twitter feed. I didn't realize yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I mean, he's still not great, but yeah. 25 assists since 19 or since 2017. Uh, that tied for six best in the major leagues. He's got a good arm and an accurate throwing arm. Once he gets to that ball, maybe he's better than you no know, uh, some, myself included, think he is at left playing left field. So, so here's the deal. In the 2015 NLCS, he was a disaster. He had like two or three plays where he made a fool of himself. Right. That was written in stone for the rest of his career that he's awful at defense for the majority of the national baseball fans. But if you started watching him in 2018, he's actually fine. He's not good, but he's not bad. He's perfectly fine out there. I think that the Cubs would be best suited to use it kind of as a, a revolving door. Um, you, 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 a lot of days you do DH Kyle Schwarber and you play, uh, Chris Bryan in left field and you play David Bodie at third base. A lot of days you, you use it on, uh, Wilson Contreras and, and give his mm, legs yeah. some rest behind the plate and play Victor Caratini behind the plate. A lot of days you use it on Anthony Rizzo and you play Victor Caratini at first base. You, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could rotate it around it. And I think that most National League teams and honestly most American League teams at this point do this is you use it as a way to rest position players and still keep their bats in the lineup and just kind of use it as a revolving door. There are very few actual Nelson Cruz DHs anymore. Like, he's one of the – Nelson Cruz, Edwin Encarnacion, there are very few of those guys anymore. Most teams just use it as a way to rest position players and still keep their bats in the lineup, and that's how most National League teams are going to do it. Speaking of rest, with this condensed schedule, the 60 games, just how heightened each and every one is, it's not the old adage of, it's just one of 162, it's one of 60. And one of 60 is a lot more important in terms of playoff positioning or getting into the playoffs. Days off, scheduled days off, those types of things, because of the schedule, the way it's set out is, I mean, most of your regulars going to play pretty much all of those 60 games. Do you think that's what managers are going to try to do? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a complete sprint. Uh, mm-hmm. Benches are going to become a lot less meaningful mm-hmm. other than what I just talked about in the National League with the rotating door of DH. But other than that, you're not going to see getaway day lineups. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was just, I watched a random game on Marquee, the Cubs' new channel, the other day, and it was 2015 Mets and Cubs. Those are the two teams that met in the NLCS that year, but it was a getaway day in June. Before the trade deadline, before Schwarber had gotten brought up, before Javier Baez was up, and the lineups looked pathetic. They were hilarious <laughs> because it was a day game on Sunday, and it was a getaway day. And it, like, we're not going to see those lineups this year in a sixty-game sprint. We're not going to see that. Uh, I Managers will be a lot more aggressive with their bullpens. You'll see a lot less. Well, we're trying to win the series instead of the game type moves. So it's going to be something that we haven't seen before. And I even thought about, like, in September, we might see a lot more of teams like the Nationals last year in the playoffs where they're using starters in relief. We might see that in September even if you're you're desperately trying to get into a playoff spot. So 
it's it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Certainly going to be different. Did you see Junior last night on MLB Network by chance? No, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't recorded. All right, I'm not going to uh, not going to spoil anything for you. It's it's um, I don't think. It's of the quality of the thirty for thirties on ESPN, but it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. I'll just uh, I'll well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely, Matt. We're looking forward to baseball and uh, more conversations with you in the weeks ahead. Uh, last thing, um, do you have in your mind a a drop dead deadline? Dead? Don't we have to know something by Friday? Don't we? Yeah, I think so. But you know what's funny? It was like. I, gosh, I want to say like last Thursday, I was on a few radio shows and they said, uh, what's a deadline to you? And I think I said like Saturday or Sunday and we're past that. So I, I guess we'll kick, keep kicking the can down the street. Yeah. But yeah I, I, it's got to be within the next few days. It's got to be. I'm with you. Fingers crossed. Thank yeah. you, Matt Snyder. Great to talk to you as always. Uh, enjoy Junior. I know that you will. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com. Going to be different. How yeah. do you bet these games? How will you get an idea of who's ready to go mm-hmm. from the beginning of right the season? Right from the get-go, right? Right. You know, those series bets that you can make, too? I, I don't know how much. I, I don't normally bet those in general anyway, but, yeah, if, they, if there's a certain line. And you know there's going to be people out there. There's going to be betters out there that are they're going to be able to find these different mm-hmm. angles and how it's going to work. And I'd love to know what people are coming up with as far as what their train, train of thought is. What's the thought process behind why you think this team is going to be so good so quickly? Well, and like Matt said, depth, not important. It's not the 1 through 25 or oh, 1 through 26 yeah. that it's going to be in the well, future. It's going to be expanded this 1 year. 1 through 30 or 35 right. because those guys aren't going to play a whole lot. Because mm-hmm. even if you have a veteran, you have, well, Matt brought up my guy, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. He's 40. But it's a 60-game sprint. If normally you're giving him a day off every five days. No, 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 no. You don't have to. Yeah, you've been off April, May, June. <laughs> right. We're going to push down here, mm-hmm. and you're going to see pretty much the same lineup for a lot of teams, game in and game out. You know, if we are able to get everything going the way we obviously all hope it is, think how crazy this is going to be. Oh, it's going to be nuts. September's going to be, there's too much. The Derby. Eh, you know, I tried to watch the Belmont. Yeah. I couldn't care less. It's just, it just it's, nothing. See, I figured by Saturday when we were talking Friday yeah. about it that it was going to get you. You were going to be I turned in. it on. You turned it on. Right. And I watched the race. And I missed it. I thought it was going to be, for whatever reason, I didn't look at the first time. 5.45, yeah. Yeah. Normally is. Right. And so at 5.15, I was got a new mower for Father's Day. So, oh. Yeah. So I was outside playing with that. A pusher or a rider? A pusher. Don't okay. have a big enough lawn for a, for right. a rider. Well, yeah. I could, but I think my neighbors would make fun of me. Yeah. So I'm playing with it, and yeah, come inside like 505. Oh, it's over. Twitter's over, right? It's over. Yeah. Great. There was nobody in the stands. Yeah. It's just different. And Belmont's such a huge grandstand. Anyway. Did they still play New York, New York? I don't think they did. In fact, yeah. you know what? I don't know because I doubt they did, but I turned the radio off. Or the radio, the television off. Yeah. No, and they usually play it when they come onto the track. They I do. doubt they did because yeah. there's nobody there to there's play. There's nobody for. to sing. Right. Uh, ben Visser will talk Iowa State. Again, the Iowa News will get into it at the top of the hour. They have uh, stopped selling tickets for the regular season. We thought it was a stupid move when they started doing it this way. Um, and now they're going to have to refund and piss some of their fan base mm-hmm. off. I just. <laughs> They can't get out of their own way, some of the decisions they make, can they? They really enjoy. What's Pollard doing, Gary? Copy him. 
He's got it figured out. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Get hope. HopeLawFirm.com. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. So a caller during the break said they did play? They did. Play New York, New York, New York uh, during the, before the Belmont said yeah. it was incredibly eerie yeah. with nobody in the stands echoing through there. That would be. It's Have you seen pictures? You've seen probably yeah, pictures. Yeah. It is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, Ben Vissers, uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette, covers Iowa State. He joins the program. Hello, Ben Visser. Not a good weekend for college athletes as far as some of their health. Obviously, it's going to be a topic that dominates um, who knows how long. Uh, it's not It's not going away, sadly. At least we don't think it is. Uh, but it's, it's all over the Big 12 right now. When does Iowa State... When do the coaches get uh, control of the kids? I know it's all involuntary right now. Is it July 8th, July 15th? Any of those two dates, Ben, ring a bell? July 8th seems to ring a bell, but honestly, I'm not completely sure about that either. Um, That's what sounds right to me, but I can't say for sure. Uh, you know, as you look at this Iowa State team, uh, it just dawned on me, hard to believe Mike Rowe's going to be a junior. We're already wow. embarking on his third season. It just goes so fast. Uh, we, we know offensively that they've got, you know, they got some, uh, obviously a really good running back and a good quarterback and a good tight end. Um, we'll get to the offensive line. We'll save that. Defensively, though, th- this is a team that I think is going to come into the year Maybe flying a little bit under the radar defensively. I mean, they had some huge losses, uh, but Jaquan Bailey coming back, that's going to be huge. Uh, Ruke staying around for another year, big obviously. Eisworth, uh, who was hurt all of last year. We mentioned Mike Rose. This is a defense that, you know, in a league that really isn't known for being, um, you know, a defensive, a defensive oriented league. Uh, this Iowa State team has been gone against the norm the uh, last couple of years. I think they're going to be good defensively again. How about you, Ben? Oh, I agree um, almost 100%. Because of especially the two names that you mentioned, Jaquan Bailey and Greg Eisworth, both getting healthy. Those are two all Big 12 gal- caliber players, and Jaquan Bailey missed the entire Big 12 uh, portion of the schedule. And Greg Eisworth, like you said, he had a he's pretty much playing with one arm out there for most of the year, mm-hmm. so... Um, getting both of those players back to 100%, that's going to help a lot. I think the biggest question mark for Iowa State is going to be um, on the outside with the cornerbacks. Um, Anthony Johnson is obviously a pretty good player, and I think he'll be fine, but that other cornerback spot I think could be a, a little bit trickier to figure out. They um, had a couple guys there last year. Uh, Daytron Young was one. Mm-hmm. Kyle? I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tavon Kyle was the Kyle, other one. Tavon, yep. Um, so I think if they can figure out that other cornerback spot, just get that a little bit more solid, I think that'll help out a lot. And if they get productive play out of the corner uh, cornerbacks, I think every other position is more than solid for sure. I mean, safety's got Greg Eisworth, Lawrence White. Both of those guys are solid, solid players. Uh, linebackers, Mike Rose. Obviously incredible. You're right. It seems like just yesterday he recorded, what was it, like 11 tackles against Iowa in his first game. He was all over the field in that game, but apparently he's a junior now. Um, And they got a Ryan Vance up the middle Mm -hmm. as middle linebacker. So I really like um, 
Iowa State's defense as a whole, as long as they can get those cornerbacks figured out. Trent, we never mentioned your guy, Will McDonald. Too. Will McDonald, who uh, is Will all McDonald, over the place. Yeah, he sure is. It, incredible pass rushing specialist. Mm. I, I'm with Trent on that one. I think Will McDonald is a dynamic player. Not sure he's a three down player, but if he if he gets a team in third and long, put him in the game and he'll disrupt something. You know, there's so much excitement on the offensive side, skill position guys, and of course Brock Purdy, but. It still maintains that offensive line. You lose so much experience mm-hmm. off of last year's. And, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand. Matt Campbell comes in, known as an offensive line guy. Offensive coordinator Tom Manning, he was an offensive line guy. And that has been the part of this program that certainly has not developed the way that I anticipated at this point. The wins have been great, what he's done as a whole. But I figured by this point, we'd be talking a whole lot more about the offensive line. And it just hasn't clicked yet. Your thoughts on this new group? Agreed um, on your first part. Um, I figured they'd be farther along after, I think it was the second year, they showed massive improvement from year one to year two mm-hmm. on the offensive line. And I kind of figured that trajectory would stay the same, but they leveled off, they plateaued. So um, I think this is going to be a big year to get it back trending in the upward direction if they are able to do that. Um, like you said, they pretty much lose. They lost four out of the five starters. Now um, the center... What's his name? It's coming back. Uh, Colin Newell. Colin yeah, Newell. Right. Um, uh, he'll be back. Yeah. He was out most of last year with the injury. We got Trevor Downing. So you got those two returning. But then when Campbell was on their uh, virtual cyclone tailgate tour, he did mention that he believes this is going to be the most talented offensive line. Really? That's about developing that talent. He thinks so. Um, last year was Super veteran, but I think a guy like Colin Olson, maybe not the most talented, a little bit undersized, but he got the job done that needed to get done. Mm-hmm. But Campbell believes that this will be the most talented. Um, you got a freshman in Grant Triber from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is my hometown. Um, he likes him a lot. Um, you also got Derek Schweiger, Schweiger from Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so there's a few pieces in there that Campbell really likes. So we'll see if they're able to take the step that Campbell wants to see. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, there's so many pieces around them, the tight end. Uh, they've lost a lot of receiver over the last couple of years, but I think they've got some depth there that it's not going to be that big of a drop-off, I don't think. And then the running game, I mean, Brees Hall, who knows how good he can be. And there's still a lot of people out there that think Jirel Brock is every bit as good as Brees Hall. So they got a one-two punch at the running back. Lang and Nwango is still there. Nwango, Johnny Lang. Yeah. Uh, so they got some guys in the in the running game, but to me, it all comes down to this offensive line. If Campbell's, you know, not blowing sunshine up our skirts and trying to build this team, <laughs> um, uh, the, these guys up, maybe they will be. Because that to me is the huge question mark when it comes to this team is is the offensive line. I absolutely agree, a hundred percent. The whole offense is going to hinge on the production from the offensive line because the tight ends. I always say has three all conference tight ends, and I think that's going to help quite a bit in developing the offensive line because while Charlie Kolar isn't known as a blocking tight end, Chase Allen and um, mm-hmm. Dylan Stainer both are kind of. So if you need an extra lineman in there to help or an extra blocker in there to help, throw one of those tight ends in there, let them pass, help pass protect, um, let them help in the running game. Um, Brees Hall, I think, has shown he has the vision to be able to find a hole. Maybe not like David Montgomery where he just is in- so incredibly patient he can just find whatever he can but Breesaw is I think has shown the ability that he doesn't need the best blocks in the world to break off a six to eight yard run um so I think those two pieces will help 
mask some of the deficiencies that the offensive line could have. Um, receiver, I think they're in a pretty good position, um, but there are some question marks. I mean, Tariq Milton is he's going to move back inside to the slot, which is his more natural mm-hmm. home. Last year they had Deshante Jones, so that he kind of had to get pushed outside to make room for Deshante, but he'll be moving back inside. Uh, Sean Shaw's another, I mean, I would say it's kind of developing a reputation for it, but one of those big, tall outside yep. receivers, kind of in that Allen, Allen Lazard, Hakeem Butler mold. He's six foot six, two hundred and probably fifteen or twenty pounds. So, and I think it was a he had, uh, fifteen catches last year, and five of them went for touchdowns. So he's a big red zone target that. Obviously, Brock Purdy trusts. And then um, a Juco receiver coming in, Hutchinson? Baker Hutchinson. Yeah, he's going to be good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Campbell loves him. So we'll see what he can do. Um, I think he called him the best Juco recruit in the nation last year. So we'll see what he's able to do. I used to get recruited by Georgia and I think Oklahoma in the end, too. So uh ended up going with, sticking with his commitment to Iowa State. So. Uh, we'll see what he's able to do. Ben, we'll get you out on this one. Of course, no spring practice as we look back a couple of months as that was going on. Because of that, developmental time certainly taking a step back. And that goes hand in hand with the new strength and conditioning program with Coach Andrews taking over in that spot. What have you heard about this interim time before as the players are making their way back to campus as they get ready for workouts officially happening in July? What has gone on inside both the strength and conditioning program and what the team has been able to do together away from the coaches? Right. As far as I know, um, they've been holding, I want to say it was weekly Zoom meetings with the the whole team or WebEx or whatever video platform they're using. Um, but each of the position coaches has been staying in contact with all of their players every day, whether it's call or text, to make sure they are staying in shape, to make sure they are doing what they're able to do. Um, because not every player is going to have a home gym or going to have access to a gym while they were away. So um, just trying to maintain what they can while they were home. So I think that was pretty much the focus. And then now that they're getting back into voluntary workouts, it's, you know, getting more ramped up and getting back into how you would expect to see it in the summer. A couple of weeks away from seeing it uh, on the field. Great stuff. Thank you, Ben Visser. Well, we won't see it, but uh, uh, at least they'll be out there. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Yep. Good to talk Thank to you. you. Ben Visser, CedarRapidsGazette.com is where you can read Ben as he covers Iowa State. All right, we've got Scott Dockerman coming up at 1120. Another hour to go here on Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.